Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. My name is Jared St. Clair. I'm with you every week talking about health and nutrition, alternatives to pharmaceuticals and medical procedures. Let's see if we can do this stuff naturally. That's what Vitality Radio is all about. I did a show just about two months ago with a woman who people kept telling me over and over again was awesome. And while we were doing that show, we were having so much fun because we're such geeks about this stuff, both of us, that I committed her on the air to a second part. And here we are. I am back with Julia from Enzymedica. Julia, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm so happy to be back and back so quickly. Like we can we can keep the same conversation rolling. 100%. And I'm guessing that by the end of this one, I'm going to be saying, so when are we doing part three? Uh, there's just too much to talk about in this category of enzymes and digestive health. But today I'm really excited because... Enzymes are, I think, and you're going to have to tell me if you agree, Julia, they are like the unsung hero of natural products. People, like I just was seeing, I, I have this thing, we talked about it last time that you were here, called the Vital Five, and, you know, omega-3s and a good multivitamin, things like that. And, and of course, digestive enzymes are in there. I just got a tweet uh, this morning from uh, Mark Hyman, mm -hmm. uh, who most people in this space kind of know. And he talked about his five most essential supplements. And four of them were in my vital five, but he had vitamin D3 and K2 instead of digestive enzymes. And I can't disagree with D3 and K2, but why don't people talk about enzymes more? We have to do that because they're so great. They are, you know, absolutely essential. We create digestive enzymes most people know that. They know we create our en own enzymes. And so they say, well, why do I need to take them? And it's because they decrease as we age. They decrease with stress, sometimes medications, um, but they go down as we age. And the other thing is that our bodies make so many enzymes, kinds of enzymes that we can't create, that we can't actually take in a supplemental form. And what people don't realize is that we literally would not be alive without enzymes. And so I always find it an interesting contrast that they're so important to us, and yet people really don't know anything about them at all. Yeah, it is wild. I, I, it, it's funny. I think the most common response I get when I ask somebody about enzymes, uh, I'll say, so are you familiar with digestive enzymes? Have you tried digestive enzymes? And they'll say, well, yeah, I take a probiotic. And they get conflated all the time. And of course, they're related because they both hang out in the digestive system to some degree. But other than that, they're not the same at all. And so, yeah, the misunderstandings or lack of awareness on enzymes, I, I guess that's why we're doing this show today is to bring more awareness to the powerhouse that they are. And today we're going to talk less about digestion. 
uh, because we covered that, I think, pretty well last time. We're going to talk about all the other processes that enzymes help uh, within the body. They, we know that they have clinical uh, benefit in things like uh, inflammation control, and they can break down all kinds of little things inside the body that we don't want in there. So we're going to talk about those uh, topics today. Uh, and this is where I always try and stress for people listening to the show that we have digestive enzymes that we take when we eat. And we have systemic enzymes that we take away from meals. And so there's a crossover. There's a lot of digestive enzymes technically in systemic enzymes. But when we take them without food, they get through the digestive system and go on to do other things. So today, we're going to talk mostly about the systemic enzymes. Julia, what, what's your take on systemic enzymes and the need for them as a supplement? And why do we need them if our body makes them? What's our take? Well, I think they're fascinating. I could talk for hours about them because they're so multi-purpose. You know, when we say protease, we're actually, which is the protein digesting enzyme family, we're actually talking about thousands of different kinds of proteases that are available to us to take in supplemental form. And so this is the wonderful thing about Enzymedica is that because we specialize in enzymes, we know the different kinds of proteases to take for different applications when we want them to get into the bloodstream, which is what we call systemic enzyme therapy. So why are they important? Well, they are like the cleanup crew of the bloodstream. They can go around and actually clean up proteins that don't belong, proteins that are dead. Uh, we call it dead, damaged, doesn't belong. But that's just what I teach, the easy shorthand for antigens, things that the immune system has marked for removal that need to be removed, that normally would be removed by the body, but maybe our white blood cells aren't quite keeping up. So enzymes are able to do that job. And actually, when we talk about those white blood cells, those big eaters, the macrophages, they use enzymes to do the same cleanup work, the same exact breakdown. So enzymes work so similarly to our own immune system. And I just can't stress enough how they can be combined with other kinds of remedies to get such a beneficial activity. Absolutely can take them on their own, but you can take them so safely with other kinds of remedies as well. Yeah, I love that because they, they really have a a uh, synergistic effect with with other things in many cases, uh, performing different jobs but going after the same you know kind of root goal there. So then with systemic enzymes, we do have to take them away from meals. So let's clear this up really quickly. Um, how how do you describe the best way to take them in terms of before a meal, after a meal, that kind of thing? The best guideline is one hour before a meal or two hours after a meal. That's just your basic guideline, and it's what's on the recommended use for all of our systemic enzymes. But say sometimes you have a really light meal, say you wake up and you just have some fruit in the morning, maybe a little bit of coconut yogurt like me, and I may not need to wait two hours because that's a really easy to digest light meal. Versus I'm traveling, and maybe I go out to a fancy restaurant, and maybe I have a salad and, you know, a piece of fish and some vegetables and some potatoes. And if I'm really living up, I might have some cake or something like that. I might want to make wait more than two hours and, you know, maybe more like three. 
and of course take my digestive enzymes along with it. So it is meal dependent, but if you're not sure what to do, just go with the guidelines that are on all of our bottles, which is one hour before and two hours after a meal. Okay. And so you've got a few products that are very specific uh, in terms of their design. You, you, like we talked about systemic enzymes and, and all the different things they can do, but there are sp specific jobs, I guess, that, that uh, some of these enzymes perform. And one of the products that I think is maybe really underknown, underappreciated is a product called MucoStop. Uh, let's talk about how systemic enzymes can help with mucus. Mucostop is, like you said, it's an unsung hero, and it's actually something that can be used all year round because we can have mucus because of immune challenges. We can have mucus because of seasonal allergies, and we can have mucus because we ate something we shouldn't. We ate way too much dairy last night. So mucus can be created for so many different reasons. Now, there's an enzyme called mucolase, which its job and its specialty is actually to break down mucus. That is what it does. And so what's beautiful about enzymes is they don't care why the mucus is there. They don't care if it's because you ate too much ice cream last night or if it's because you're having a little seasonal challenge, you picked up a little bug during the winter time. Then its whole job is to break down mucus. And so what's so fascinating about this enzyme is that it's so targeted that oftentimes, you know, we feel mucus in the respiratory system, and especially in the sinus, um, that you can actually feel it working. You can feel it clearing, and not like an antihistamine sort of feeling. Like antihistamines are um, not great to use if you are really congested, because they dry up the mucus, and mucus is essentially a defense system. Like mucus is a good thing, it's just when we get too much of it, it turns into a not so good thing or an uncomfortable thing. Mm -hmm. So say, you know, we have these people that come into the store every year, we've all met them, they have that little seasonal bug that comes along, they get really congested, and then it always turns into a sinus infection. So it's not just a week or so thing or a few days. Oftentimes it'll turn into a sinus infection and that's actually the bacteria getting healed into the mucous membranes. What's beautiful about Mucostop is that it's because it's killing um, that bacteria and also helping to literally digest the mucus, you're getting a great one-two punch with it. And so that's why Mucostop is in our enzyme, or Mucolase, excuse me, is in a small amount in our enzyme defense formula and in really high amounts in our Mucostop formula. Awesome. And so is that the type of product that um, people can use and notice a difference in the first day? Does it take a few days? How, how does that work? You may notice a difference within a couple of hours. Um, I, Mucos, Mucostop was one of the first products that I ever took 17 years ago, and I used to have incredible seasonal allergies. I had so many food intolerances and then I lived in the Midwest and just had a ton of seasonal allergies. And I would wake up in the morning and just know it was gonna be a bad allergy day. Uh, still on an empty stomach, I would take some Mucostop and you can even sometimes hear the crackling of the mucus being broken up. Not always, but wow. people, you that's what I mean when you actually feel it. So yes, it works better when it's built up a little bit in the system, but because enzymes work so quickly and they, they basically work on contact if they're formulated correctly and are used correctly, um, then you can feel them very, very fast, which we know from digestion, right? You start to feel yeah. better quickly. It's the same with systemics. And that's one area you may actually feel them is in your sinus passages. 
And is there any, uh, are there any issues with this for children? We don't label it for children um, because there's the swallowing problem with capsules and things like that. But mm-hmm. we do know that people take it if it's a smaller child, just according to body weight, you can even open up half a cap and get them to swallow that really quickly. Um, it's not meant for children, but the beautiful thing about enzymes is that they're so incredibly safe. Right. Okay. Awesome. And so with uh, that product, then it can really be used very much just as needed uh, whenever there's an excessive buildup of, of mucus, like you said, because of allergies or food or whatever else. Um, I can love that. Uh, what about, this is a, something that I get asked about a lot more often, um, candida and yeast infections and those types of things that people struggle with. Um, you have a formula called candidase uh, that is a systemic enzyme that addresses this. Yep, absolutely. And and the key to all candida, and I'm sure you've taught this many, many times, is diet comes first, right? We have to get the sugar out. We have to get the refined carbohydrates out. We have to do all of those things so that we're not giving the candida anything to feed on. And there are many kinds of remedies that are in the store that are great for actually killing the candida. But the problem is, is that you're still left with that biofilm and those leftover materials from the candida bodies, I call them. And what we experience then is something called die-off. And that's those flu-like symptoms where you just feel pretty bad for a week or so, or sometimes even longer. And you think I'm doing something so good for myself. I'm on this candida cleanse and I'm being punished (laughs) with die-off. I must be doing something wrong. I don't feel good. I'm supposed to feel better. And what's beautiful about enzymes is that they help to not only kill the candida by cleaving the candida outer shell, but they also help to break it down and literally, again, digest it so that we're not feeling as much die off. Secondarily, because there are proteases in the candidase formula, it can also help with a little bit of regeneration and repair of any damaged gut tissue, which is very often the issue with candida. Um, A lot of times, long-term candida overgrowth can lead to leaky gut. So we know that the potential for damage is there. And candidase helps with both. But it is important to say it is to be taken systemically. So we want to get it on an empty stomach. So it's not really digesting food. It's literally digesting the candida. And we still want to take a digestive enzyme along with it. Because anytime we're doing any kind of cleansing protocol, we want to make sure that we're breaking down our foods completely, we're getting all the nutrients from them, and we're allowing our our body's normal elimination processes to take place. Right. And so to be clear, then the enzymes, the digestive enzymes would still be with meals, Mm -hmm. the systemic enzymes like candidase would be away Mm -hmm. from meals. Um, is there a specific uh, protocol or time frame that you suggest with the candidates? How, how soon should people start to notice a difference? How long should they take it? That sort of thing. The how soon should they start to notice a difference is going to be so dependent on the individual. You know, how long has it been occurring? How closely have they been sticking to a protocol? You know, it's kind of like if they are doing really, really well for a few days and they're like, I can't take it. I need some fruit. We might see a little bit of a backslide. Um, so it's it's going to be variable, but we have we suggest either a 14-day course or a seven-day course. So for your normal, I've just got some candida going on, just need to clear it. I'm doing the candida diet. That's a seven-day course. 
And um, you just you just take that over a seven day period, but you can extend it to a 14 day period. We do suggest that if you do it for 14 days that you take a week break. And then if you need to, you can start it all over again. So you can do several courses of it if needed, but hopefully it's it's not needed and you can just take care of it in a couple of weeks. Excellent. Okay. That's really, really helpful. Okay. So then now we've talked about mucus. We've talked about candida. These are two things that uh, many people struggle with both, both acutely and chronically. Uh, talk to us about uh, how systemic enzymes work uh, in the blood for things like inflammation uh, and that sort of thing. So I mentioned the dead damaged and doesn't belong earlier. Um, that can be so many things that can be normal cellular regeneration. I mean, all of our cells die and they eventually do need to be removed. And our body does that in part via enzymatic process, or it can be damaged. That can be from damage due to repetitive motion, damage due to this is what happens as we age, or even more acute damage like an injury. And then the doesn't belong can be pathogenic invaders, many of which are proteins. So bacteria is a great example of this. These are all protein-based pathogenic invaders. And our body, like I was talking about with the macrophages, has a system for working with them. So what happens is when we take proteases on an empty stomach, they are small enough to be able to pass through the intestinal wall. And when they pass through the intestinal wall and into the bloodstream, they're actually captured by a protease inhibitor called alpha-2 macroglobulin. Don't mean to get too sciencey here, but just know that they're captured and they're basically taken to what needs to be broken down. And this is how our body recycles proteases as well. So it's similar activity to how our body naturally does it as, as we're using supplemental proteases. All of that is to say, think of supplemental proteases like little Pac-Man in your bloodstream eating up what doesn't belong there. And that's it. So they're very, very purifying and cleansing for the blood. Um, but say, as an example, we're talking about damaged tissue. You know, many of us, as we age, myself included, we start to feel those little aches and pains around our joints. We start to feel that sense of like, oh, that is creaking in the morning and it wasn't doing that, you know, a couple of months ago. It's, it's a little shocking. And so we go to wonderful remedies such as curcumin, um, such as hyaluronic acid to help to rebuild that joint tissue. But what can be so good is to add proteases like the ones in Repair Gold to help with breaking down that damaged, that degenerated tissue there so that the other things can start to work better. You're going to feel the enzymes pretty quickly, oftentimes within just a few days. And then you're going to start to feel the effects of the buildup of the other things over time. So you're giving yourself a really nice kind of one-two activity of being able to feel comfortable more quickly, which means that inflammation is also coming down more quickly, again, so that the other things can work better. All right. Excellent. So then let me ask you this. With... to sort of help clarify things for people, because I know I'm going to get a lot of questions after this episode. Um, we have, these are all in the family of systemic enzymes, but they all have a you know, little bit different combination of, of enzymes. But are we going to notice benefit from, you know, people taking Repair Gold, for instance, that may also be dealing with a little bit of candida? Uh, is, is it going to be helpful in that department? Can, do they need to take both, one or the other? Uh, how would you typically suggest something like that? I would say if somebody has had candida over a long period of time, 
time. You know, this is something that they've been working with for a while. They've tried several things already. I would say do take the candidates in addition to the repair gold because the candidates has a lot of cellulase in it and it's just going to help to break down that candida a little bit better. But the beautiful thing about most systemics is that they use the enzyme family protease. And all proteases are going to help to break down those proteins that we don't want in our bloodstream anymore. Those dead, damaged, don't belong proteins. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get some benefit from Repair Gold on Candida, um, you know, and you're going to get some benefit on joint function from Candidase. I don't want to make it too confusing, but what I do want to say is it's pretty hard to take too many enzymes. And so what people will often do, especially with systemics in the beginning, is they'll take more in the beginning to get them to that point of where for joints, as an example, that really is that damaged tissue is really, really starting to get cleaned out. And people often do notice a difference within a few days. I know for myself, if I get a little bit of soreness, say I went to a yoga workshop and I just overexerted myself, I can take a few repair gold a couple of times and I'll start to feel some relief that day. Excellent. Okay. And so th that's actually kind of interesting. So with Repair Gold, then uh, some people act are actually using it just as needed, not on a daily basis as well. Uh, you can use it as needed, but I would suggest using it ongoing if, if something was continually happening. If you've got like a chronic yep. problem with a joint or something like but that. But if you just say you're the weekend warrior... And, you know, you go out and you hit that mountain biking hard on Saturday, and this just happened to be the weekend that you biffed it, you can come in mm -hmm. and you can take a course of repair gold just to help you to push through that repair process more quickly. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. So what about cardiovascular wellness? You, you've mentioned blood many times mm -hmm. uh, and cleaning out the blood and all that kind of stuff. How do systemic enzymes play a role in heart health and cardiovascular wellness? So there's a specific kind of protease called natokinase. And um, what natokinase really, really specializes breaking down is a substance called fibrin. And I don't know if you've talked about fibrin a lot on the show in the past, but fibrin is that sticky substance in our blood, which is responsible for creating clots. Now, we want some fibrin in our blood because obviously we need to do a certain amount of clotting. We wouldn't want to cut ourselves and just have it bleed and bleed and bleed. Clotting is a mm -hmm. good and natural thing. Here's the thing is that as we age, our bodies produce less and less of our own kind of enzyme that breaks down those clots, that breaks down fibrin. So our normal systems of keeping that fibrin in balance go down as we age, which is why we see more clotting and cardiovascular issues as we age, right? So what natokinase does is it does two things. It not only helps to directly break down fibrin, but it also helps to enhance the production of our own clot-busting enzymes. So we get a rebalance more like as if we were in our younger years. So I love natokinase because it's not just breaking down the fibrin, it's actually helping to restore our system to do something that it's built to do, which is create those enzymes to, to break down that fibrin all on its own. 
Okay, so then two questions on that. Um, I want to talk about age. Don't let me forget, uh, because I think age and enzymes, are, mm -hmm. it's a pretty important topic that I want to make sure we don't skip. But when you're talking about the fiber and breaking down, we're talking about clotting factor and all this kind of stuff, there's always concerns about, you know, can I overdo mm -hmm. it? Uh, it? You know, if I take too much natto, am I going to overthin my blood, that kind of thing? What, what does the science tell us about that? So with just natto itself, it's you, you would have to take, I mean, I've never heard of it. So natto is derived from the Japanese superfood, natto, which is fermented soybeans. And it is, you mm -hmm. still can find it in some, um, in some Japanese restaurants. Most people think that it's absolutely one of the grossest things they've ever eaten, but it is a cultural thing. <laughs> and it is the fermentation process that creates these enzymes. Like fermentation creates enzymes. Not a lot mm -hmm. of people think about it that way. So that process, we were able to t take the soy out, we're able to take the vitamin K out, and we're just left with the pure enzyme. So natto on its own, natto kinase on its own, really, really safe. It's when you are combining it with other blood thinners that we do not suggest taking the natto kinase or working with your qualified healthcare practitioner to get the blood work done to really see what's going on. And we have had several people over the years work with their trusted practitioner measure the doses, and they're able to shift from a traditional you know, pharmaceutical blood thinner over to natokinase. But it's done under supervision. It's not something you would want to do on your own. Okay, excellent. I think that clarifies it really well. And, and natokinase on its own, are there other um, additional benefits, we'll say, other than what it does in the blood with the clotting uh, and the fibrin, are there other like anti-inflammatory benefits or anything else that you want to share with us? So anytime you're breaking down fibrin, you're going to be supporting a lessening of inflammation. Because if we think about it, if we get an injury, what does our body do? Our body comes, it creates a lot of blood to the area. So that's where we get heat. That's where we get redness. You can see that redness on your skin. So that's a body shunting a lot of blood to that area as a, mm -hmm. as a control. And then what happens if that's happening over a long enough period of time, fibrin comes along and says, okay, we're going to kind of wall this off because this is damaged. And so that happens over time. And that's why we get such resistance with helping people who have uh, joint issues due to age or overuse. Natokinase can come along and help to break that down again so that the tissues can regenerate more easily and then our other things that are, we're taking along with it can also work better. So natokinase is one of those things that as we age, a lot of people take one or two natok. Sometimes in the afternoon, people keep it on their desk at the office like we would take a couple of aspirin. It's just a better choice. Interesting. Okay. And is there not okay in the Repair Gold as well? Well, what's in Repair Gold is another enzyme that's kind of call it like a cousin to natokinase called serapeptidase. So serapeptidase also helps to break down fibrin, but to a lesser degree. Um, so it's not as we call it fibrinolytic. So if you had cardiovascular stuff going on or you had clotting issues going on, I would go with the natokinase. But for repair, I would go with the repair gold because it has that serapeptidase in it, helping a little bit with fibrin, but serapeptidase is really, really good with discomfort and with 
fluid retention, which also often happens when we have a joint that's not functioning properly. We'll see that. We'll see the puffy joints, the puffy knees, the puffy mm -hmm. ankles. Serapeptidase has a beautiful um, ability to help to thin that fluid, again, helping to restore normal circulation. So Repair Gold has a serapeptidase in it. It has a high amount of our protease in it, but it also has bromelain in it. Now, bromelain is the enzyme that's from pineapple. And many people are familiar with bromelain. They may have even taken bromelain on its own, hoping to help with joint issues. What's so cool about bromelain is that it works at a slightly higher heat level than other kinds of proteases. It's literally attracted to heat. Now, what do we get when we have inflammation? We have heat. And so bromelain is almost like seeking out that inflammation to try to break it down. So that combination of serapeptidase, protease, bromelain, and it also has the other enzyme from papaya, papaine, can really, really help with that discomfort, that injury. Again, whether it happened because you're a weekend warrior or it happened just over the course of a lifetime. All right. Excellent. And you would be able to safely use natokinase along with yep. the repair yep. gold if you're dealing with kind of a combination of those issues. As long as you're not on a blood thinner, you're good to go. Blood thinners are literally the only true contraindication for any kind of enzyme therapy. So that means it's really available to most people. And I think we talked about this on the last show, but it's very, very, very hard to get too many enzymes. There is no toxic dose because all enzymes are, are long strains of amino acids so that are, that are folded up. So the worst thing that's going to happen is that they're not going to be used, which is, I would think, virtually impossible, but they'll just be eliminated by the body. They don't collect in the liver. They don't develop toxicity. The worst thing that could ever happen is they start to break down some of the food that's been hanging out in our gut for a little bit too long. And you might have a cleansing reaction. You might have a little bit of diarrhea, some gas. That's like the worst thing that usually happens with enzymes. And that's actually just a cleansing reaction. It's a good thing. It just may not be the most comfortable thing or what you were expecting right away. That's why we start gotcha. people building up, but you can build up to really good amounts over time. Excellent. Okay. And I want to talk a little bit more about immune stuff, mm -hmm. but first I want to make sure we hit this age thing. Yeah. So at the very top of the show, we talked about how our body makes enzymes, but um, we're still suggesting taking more enzymes in many cases. Does What role does age play in the production of enzymes within the body? So as we age, we just produce less and less of them. And you can look it up on the internet and you can try and find a solid percentage or a solid time frame when enzymes start to go down in the body. But I don't believe any of those can be true for everybody. Because again, we have things like, well, first of all, genetics, that's going to play a huge impact. We also have stress, medications, candida can damage the enzymes that are created in the intestines. Over the course of our lifetimes, we have, uh, you know, our pancreas may create less and less enzymes. Many of us have had our gallbladder removed. And so our ability to disseminate enzymes properly for digestion is compromised. So it can be so many things. But what we do know is that after a course of a lifetime, we're creating less and less enzymes. And the way that I it help people to envision this is like, remember when we were 18 years old and we just used to be able to eat like 
anything, you know, I think about what Mm -hmm. I used to be able to eat. Not that I would ever touch that food anymore, (laughs) but it was like, Hey, no problem. We're, we're good. You know, let's go surfing. And now (laughs) that is not the case anymore. You know, I ate a little bit of cheese a few days ago when I was traveling and I'm, you know, still paying the price for it just because, you know, we produce less and less as we age. So yeah, and, and there's a lot of factors that are involved in that. But one of the things that I think is really important to understand is that the more uh, clean uh, and especially fresh raw food that we eat that has enzymes on board, the more fermented foods mm-hmm. that we eat that have enzymes on board, um, the the more we are preserving our body's ability to continue to produce enzymes. But I think the most powerful thing you've said so far that I, I really want to get across to people is that if we stopped making enzymes completely, Completely, we would die. I mean, these are not just like handy tools to have around. These are required elements to, to survive. And so we have to recognize the place of enzymes in the body and how powerful that uh, that is. So let's talk just one more thing on the systemic enzymes, because I don't want to... I, I, you went into it, but didn't get as far into it as I think I, I, I want people to understand. And that's the immune side. We talked about mucus. We talked about candida. We've talked about inflammation. We've talked about blood cleansing and all these things. Um, but what about the actual immune response uh, that in or how do enzymes play a role in the immune response? And what do you suggest and how do you suggest using them if you're trying to work on boosting the immune support uh, or the immune system? Sorry. So as I mentioned earlier, Uh, proteases specifically when taken on a stomach can get through the intestinal wall and into the bloodstream. And the easiest way to explain it is to think of them like tiny Pac-Men in your bloodstream, just eating up what's dead damaged and doesn't belong. So that can certainly be pathogenic invaders. And what's beautiful about enzymes, again, they don't really care why that invader is there or even what it is, whether it's a bacteria or something else, their job is to just break it down. And the other beautiful thing about proteases is that they don't stimulate the immune system in the same way some of our herbal remedies do. So for instance, if you're taking echinacea, we know that that really boosts your white blood cell count for a short period of time. Great for most of us, not so great if you have autoimmune. That's going to be very tough. Enzymes don't actually stimulate the immune system. They more like partner with the immune system. So you can get that help. You can get that effect, but without the stimulation. You can also use them with our traditional herbal remedies. I mean, I take a lot of astragalus as an immune tonifier. I take my vitamin D and I always take my enzyme defense. So literally whatever is going on from an immune point of view, proteases can be helpful with. They are those nonspecific cleaner uppers of the blood, like the little Pac-Man. They're just going to eat away at whatever's bothering you. All right. So let's, I'm going to confess. I'm Jared St. Clair and I have a confession (laughs) to make. I almost never think of enzymes when people ask me how to, you know, take care of this thing they're fighting off, Mm -hmm. we'll say, Uh, whatever bug they're dealing with. I talk about things like echinacea and garlic and olive leaf extract and oregano and colloidal silver and all kinds of different things. And I don't usually go to enzymes. And I, and I, I love doing this show because I'm always either learning something new or being reminded of something I already knew that I'm not 
focusing on enough. Uh, so with you mentioned earlier the importance of or the value of potentially using something like candidase with um, you know oregano or garlic or some of these things that people use for candida that are kind of antifungal and how they can you know team up on the problem. But that's how we should probably look at the uh, systemic enzymes too when it comes to immune is that we can use them with extra vitamin C and zinc mm-hmm. and and quercetin and. NAC and all the other different things that we're using for immune support. And I just, I, I don't know what to say, but I hardly ever mention that to people. So I've got to lock that in because it is such a handy tool that you can squeeze in there that is really doing a different job than the, you know, antibacterial type herbal things that we might use. Absolutely. And, and once you use them and you experience them, you will always think of them. Um, What's yeah. amazing about enzymes is that uh, they actually, while they are breaking down whatever the pathogenic invader is, they are working more like your immune system would work rather than that stimulation that, that happens with those helpful herbs. So you could either possibly head off something at the pass, which all of us that have been around for a while know that feeling of, oh my gosh, I've got something coming and we start taking our stuff and we never really get Mm -hmm. sick. We just kind of headed it off. Or what can happen with enzymes is that you can actually go through the whole process of that sickness, but you do it very quickly. So it's happened to me before where it's like, oh, I got the sore throat. I got the weird taste in my mouth. I feel a little tired. I'll start taking enzyme defense and I will go to sleep for two hours. I will have the full fever. I will do the whole thing and then wake up and it's gone. So it just pushes you through that much more quickly because it's working in a, such a similar way to your immune system, but you're just giving your immune system so many more tools. Yeah, I love that. And I, I feel bad for neglecting that. So I'm going to start doing it more myself and also uh, recommending that and see what kind of results that we get. OK, we have uh, a little bit of time left and I think we've covered systemic enzymes pretty well. Is there anything else that you want to add before we move to the next topic? I do want to say that for enzyme defense, you can also take them preventatively. You would just take lesser amounts. So I'm on airplanes a lot. I'm in hotels a lot. I always take one or two a day just as prevention. So you can do that just to help to protect yourself from any potential invaders. It's not a problem at all, and it's going to help you on other levels. It's going to help with helping to break down that fiber, and it's going to help with helping to clean up some of that maybe candida or biofilm that's hanging out in your gut. So there's no harm to them whatsoever. Also, maybe some side help with some inflammation that you get from sitting in an airplane for way too long and probably eating something not so amazing. Um, So they're really, really wonderful to take preventatively. So for those folks that are like, I'm taking my D, I, I take a spoonful of elderberry every day, you can just add in that enzyme defense and it's gonna give you an extra line of protection. Excellent. And then to clarify this one more time, too. So everything we've talked about so far on this episode is in the category of systemic enzymes. So all of them need to be taken away from meals about an hour before or two hours after the meal. Uh, They can be safely used together. Uh, if you have, you know, if you're dealing with a couple of these things, it makes sense to me that a lot of people may find mucostop and defense. Uh, sorry, am I getting the word right? Enzyme defense. Enzyme defense. Sorry, I was going backwards. Yeah. Uh, Enzyme defense and mucostop as a 
combination if you're you know fighting something off and it's coming with extra mucus and so that makes sense and of course we talked about you know potentially the nato with repair gold and various other combinations but these all fit into that systemic enzyme category as opposed to the digestive enzyme category also if you're listening to this show and you're thinking oh my gosh julia is a wealth of information well you need to dig a little deeper we'll link uh in the description uh episode one that we did uh with julia and i can already tell you that there will be an episode (laughs) if she'll uh, accept that invitation. So now this is something I talk about as much or more than enzymes, probably more on the show. It is the topic of one of my other vital five, which is magnesium. Now we know that magnesium plays a role in over 300 different enzymatic processes, meaning that it works in in conjunction with enzymes inside the body. But you've recently introduced at Enzymatica a type of magnesium that up until December I'd never heard of called ATA mag or Atamag, right? Yes. And the reason you'd never heard of it is because we were the first to launch it. We came upon this raw material and thought, this is incredible. And then learning more about the requirement of magnesium for enzyme functions in the body, we thought this is another way that we can really be focusing on enzymes, but just through a different mechanism. So what Atomag stands for is magnesium acetyltaurinate. And so it's magnesium plus the amino acid taurine. And they're more than just combined, they're bound almost so that they become like a new material. So you can't just take magnesium and taurine and get the same effect at all. And what it is able to do is uh, able to to cross the blood-brain barrier. And we are familiar with this from magnesium 3 and 8. I'm sure you've talked a lot about magnesium 3 Mm -hmm. and 8. So there are a couple magnesiums that can cross the blood-brain barrier. Magnesium acetyltaurinate is the newest. where where magnesium acetyltaurinate excels over three and eight is that it can really help to calm what we call those neuroexcitatory neurotransmitters. So the ones that make you feel super stressed out, or I call them the getting to late, getting to work late neurotransmitters, where you're like, oh, I'm late, I forgot my lunch, where's my keys, where's my glasses, and you realize they're on your face, and you're just you know you're just not able to focus. What Atomag can do is help to either prevent that if you're taking it preventively, but I have experience where it can also help to bring all of that down. And it works very, very quickly. Magnesium 3 and 8 works well over a longer period of time. Many people use it for focus and cognition, but Atomag can be used for focus, cognition, and that calming effect. So you're getting really more of a benefit with it, especially when we're thinking about daily stressors and how we're responding to our daily lives. And people report saying they have feeling of more resilience to stress. They're just able to handle it better. And the other thing that the clinical studies also show is a lot of help with sleep, help with um, migraines. There are clinical studies on magnesium acetyltaurinate for that and several other things. And so we have a lot of research behind this kind of magnesium. It's not the kind of magnesium you would take for leg cramps, or if you're having constipation issues, it is specifically a brain magnesium. Okay, so then I've got a 
lot of people listening to this show right now that are currently taking a magnesium supplement uh, because uh, they've listened to this show and I've convinced them probably <laughs> to some degree how critical it is. But they've also heard about it through about a thousand other people that are, you know, marketing magnesium and talking about magnesium. And the two magnesiums that I've always told people I think are the best magnesiums for the widest group of people, because every magnesium has a potential role to play for our health. Um, but I've talked about magnesium three and eight a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Dale Bredesen's been on uh, my show a couple of times talking about magnesium three and eight in conjunction with his NeuroQ formula for prevention of uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that. And there's plenty of excellent research on magnesium 3 and 8 proving that it does some really good things. And then I talk about magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate as the probably the most universal magnesium because it covers all of the other bases for the most part that magnesium covers. So if now we're talking about the Atomag, the ATA mag, um, I want to make sure that people listening understand, you know, kind of where this fits in. Um, if I'll tell you what I do right now, Julia, currently I take uh, basically a half dose of magnesium three and eight and a half dose of magnesium bisglycinate. And I find that by doing that, my little squirrel brain <laughs> is a little more focused uh, a little more able to kind of concentrate on, on the thing, more so than when I'm just on magnesium glycinate. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm also getting enough magnesium now because you don't get a big dose of magnesium with magnesium 3 and 8. I get enough when I combine the two to do all the other things, prevent cramping, calm the muscles and nerves, help with stress and things like that. So that's what I'm doing. So if if you were just talking to me specifically and I wanted to try the Atomag, how would you fit that in? Well, we formulated another product. So when I started to learn about the Atomag, and by the way, the Atomag is uh, researched by the same group of scientists that did the original research for 3N8. So this really is kind of an, a next generation version of that magnesium and that, that same concept. So I became fascinated with this and I really started to think about the the mental effects of discomfort, long-term discomfort for perhaps people who are dealing with things over a long period of time and how that affects our brain, how that affects stress levels, how that affects sleep, how that affects anxiety. I mean, long-term, it will just wear you out to be in pain, right? So being a body-mind practitioner, a yoga teacher, a breathwork teacher, all of those things, I wanted to address the relationship between the two. And so what we came up with was combining the Atomag with the magnesium glycinate as well as magnesium malate because malate, uh, that magnesium combined with malic acid has so much research on it for that discomfort. So mm -hmm. combining the three was our answer to really coming up with a complete body-mind magnesium. So we were on the same track in our formulation. We should just work together in this way. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't the truth is you can't address one without the other you have to address both we absolutely know that you know the neurotransmitters in our gut affect what's going on in our brain vice versa and if we don't have enough magnesium all systems are not go and so we really do have to think about both and so the magnesium motion that we came up with is that combination of the atomag plus the other magnesiums that are more focused on the body. 
Okay, so then you have two formulas. You have the mind and the motion formula, both of which have the atomag in them. But the mind formula is just atomag? That's correct. It's 350 milligrams of atomag per dose. And all of the clinicals were done on two capsules a day, um, one in the morning and one in the evening. So if someone is taking uh, magnesium 3 and 8, uh, which I know a lot mm -hmm. of people listening are, um, they could try the Atomag instead of. It wouldn't really be an addition to if they want to test it out and see if it works better for them. You could try it instead of, and there would be no harm in the addition to you're probably not going to get as much of a laxative effect as you would if you were combining other kinds of magnesiums because neither of them are osmotic magnesiums, meaning that they can push a bowel movement. Mm -hmm. um, but I tried that. I, was, I had been taking the Atomag for a while and I thought, well, this is cool. And so I tried adding the three and eight in with it just to see if I got any different kinds of effects. For me, I did not, but there's just there's, there would be no harm in combining the two if that's where you find your sweet spot is. Okay. And then it could also be combined uh, because there is a, a smaller amount of magnesium per capsule, just like with three and eight. Uh, it's a mm -hmm. small percentage of it is actually magnesium. Somebody could use magnesium glycinate and some Atomag if they're looking for that mental uh, and uh, emotional support and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Okay. Excellent. So basically what we're talking about here is a brand new magnesium. Um, I have, we, we have it at Vitality Nutrition, but just barely got it. It was just released a month and a half or two months ago. Um, and so it's something that for me is a little bit in the experimental stage. Let's test it out and see because we love three and eight. We love glycinate. They're both fantastic. We get awesome response on both of them. Both of them have lots of good clinical studies proving that they work. And now we have another tool in the magnesium shed that may even be better than the three and eight based on the research which is really exciting to me. I think that is awesome. So I, I can't wait for people to start trying. I'm going to try it myself and see how it compares with the other things that, uh, you know, the other magnesiums that I've used. Yeah, I was, you know, I've been a magnesium lover for years and years. And the Atomag is the one that I really felt. I kind of felt other magnesiums continued to take them because I knew how important magnesium is. But the Atomag is the first one where it went, wow, I just felt that. And I only took it 45 minutes ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and I mean, because even the studies on the three and eight are short term, they're like 12 day studies, 24 day mm -hmm. studies, uh, and they're getting really good results in a short amount of time. But to feel it like that day, that hour, that's pretty cool. So yeah, mm -hmm. very, very interesting stuff. So here's the thing for you listening. Uh, in the show notes, the show description on your podcast app. We're going to have links to each one of these products that we've talked about. Uh, and, and we'll also have links to, um, a, a little bit, uh, uh, well, I'm going to link to Julia's previous episode for sure. Uh, and so that's going to be important. And then we'll, of course, we'll have links to, uh, additional information like we always do on the show. So make sure you dig into that. If you have questions, you can certainly ask those questions by giving us a call at Vitality 801 292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. You can also open up our chat feature on our website at vitalitynutrition.com and you can chat with us there. Typically it's either Bridger or myself that will answer those questions and we're happy to answer any questions you have and do the best we can to guide you in the direction that you would like to go. 
Julia, as always, and I can say always now because it's been twice, uh, you're a wealth of information. Although when I met you in uh, in Florida, I could tell that uh, your brain was full of uh, exciting data that I would want to dig into. So uh, it's been a pleasure, of course, again. And now I'm just going to do it. I got to commit you to a part three. Are we going to do this? Let's do it. Right. What are we going to talk about next time? Uh, we're going to figure something out. We're going to figure something out. Maybe we talk cool. a little bit more about digging into some leaky gut stuff or some other things that we didn't uh, hit uh, too hard before. Uh, I, and I'm going to say this. I said it before, but it's important. I get, I think my niche in this whole podcast world is being the guy that helps people become better supplement consumers, really understanding what the supplements do, how to take them, what brands are reliable and trustworthy, what brands are owned by multinational conglomerates uh, versus brands that are owned by people that still care about the product that they're producing more than the bottom line. And I'm going to say this, and I am saying it in front of Julia, but that's okay. Enzymedica is one of those brands that I truly trust. From day one, when Enzymedica came out, they were doing it differently and I think better than any of the other enzyme companies. Um, it is why I have chosen to bring Julia on not just once, but twice and now three times in the future. Enzymatica makes awesome formulas. You can trust them. And I can tell you, I know many, many people at the company itself. Uh, one of my favorite people in this entire industry is Ryan Sensibility. I never can say his last name, Sensen Bronner. Okay, Sensen Bronner, yep. uh, who I've heard speak many times. And he's just a guy that cares about you. He cares about you. He cares about these little independent health food stores like Vitality Nutrition. And I love that. And so this is one of the reasons why I'm being a little more pr promotional than I usually am on this show about Enzymedica because you guys do it right. And I appreciate that, Julia. Thank you so much. Uh, that's why I've been with the company since 2007. Uh, Ryan and I refer to each other often as, you know, brother and sister. We've worked together for so long and you're right. He truly does have his heart in the right place. And it's, um, you know, we're still independently owned. It's a focus for us. And what I like to make sure people know is that with that independent ownership, we're not reporting to a huge board or a conglomerate or large investors. We're reporting to our own vision and what we know to be right and true and we're really, really committed to holding that for our industry. Yeah, I love that. And it is it is a reason why I've decided to get even more involved with Enzymedica because I, I really do try as much as possible to embrace that independence. Uh, it's such an important thing to me uh, for what I do, and I can tell that it's important for you as well. We have, though, run out of time, so we better get going. Julia, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time on Vitality Radio. Thank you. See you soon. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up now. Thanks again for listening. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody, share this podcast, listen to it, uh, go to the links, check out this stuff because there's some awesome, awesome, helpful uh, things here for you. I, this is I love this interview, and I think that uh, I'm going to get a lot of really positive feedback. But let me know what you think, and let me know what questions we didn't answer for you, and maybe we'll hit them on part three. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. 
Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.